Greetings in Jesus precious name. Welcome to this morning's devotion of leadership talk. God has anointed you, equipped you and appointed you to be a leader. All of us may not be leaders in the church, but we are called to be leaders in our homes. We are called to be leaders in our societies. We are called to be leaders even in our workplaces. It may just be a college that you are in or a tuition class that you go to or a sports field where you play cricket or whatever other game but wherever you interact with people and you deal with people it could even be your time in church you may be part of the worship team or a preaching team or any other team that is serving in the church you have to lead with your example often times when we think about leaders we think that leaders are the ones that make people do things that tell people how to do things and what to do and what not to do and that is why we have such a bad and a wrong understanding of leadership and we end up doing the same as soon as we assume leadership we begin to order things around and we try to tell everybody what they have to do and what they shouldn't do and we try to show them their place and i think that that is where we have to understand the biblical model of leadership the best example for us is of course jesus the way that jesus led the way that jesus walked on this earth for 33 and a half years the way that he was a leader in his home among the disciples and among all the ones that saw him and heard from him and received from him that is such a brilliant example of the kind of leaders that god has called us to be now i completely believe that it is easier to be a leader in the church than for us to be a leader in the world out there because in the church we have people that understand our value system we have people that understand what is important to us and what is not important to us we have people that agree with us ethically and morally but in the world out there we are faced with people that don't believe in what we believe in they don't like the way we do things and that is where our leadership skills will truly be tested are we willing to still remain on point are we willing to still continue to pursue what god is doing through us even in the world out there now i hope that you have not missed the last episode of the leadership talk where we spoke about pursuing the ways of god the destination is important definitely but the process that we take to reach that destination is even more important because that process can make or break you before you reach your destination so even after you achieve that title or that position or that promotion you can mess it up if you did not value the process if you did not value the way that you were supposed to take to reach that destination we learned it in detail last time and i hope that you would go back and listen to it once again if you would like some refresher on that but this morning i want to talk to you a little bit about how you have to be led if you want to be a leader you yourself have to have a leader above you you yourself have to have somebody who would guide you who would take you and that you would look up to as an example that you would look up to as 
as something that you can walk behind. Now, this can be your physical parents. This can be your spiritual parents. This can be your mentors. This can be amazing, godly men and women of God that we have been blessed with in our generation and we are blessed with social media where we can follow their lifestyles and we can consider everything that they do and learn from them and pick what is good and pick what is edifying and pick what is honorable and, and, and try to put them into practice even in our own lives. However, the one person that we need to imitate the greatest, that we need to follow the most is the chief shepherd, the shepherd of our souls, that is the Lord himself. He has to become our master. He has to become our Lord. He has to become our leader in every sense of the word leader. Now, let me just read a couple of scriptures that will probably throw light on this particular topic. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3. The Lord is calling out to heavens and earth. And this is what he says. Listen, O heavens, Pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. The children that I raised and cared for have rebelled against me. Verse 3. Even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. Now, this is a very peculiar scripture where God is calling out to the heavens and the earth and asking the heavens and the earth to witness what is happening here. And the Lord is saying, look at what is happening here. Look at how Israel is treating me. Look at how my children are treating me. Now, he defines his relationship with Israel up front. It says, the children that I raised and I cared for. That is how he defines his relationship with this nation. Now, you and I are children of God. Before we understand that we are pastors or husbands or leaders or whichever places we are called to be leaders, the first and foremost thing that we have to remember is that we are children of God. Our primary identity has to be based on our relationship with God. It cannot be based on what we have achieved. It cannot be based on what we are trying to achieve. It cannot be based on how big the meeting was where we preached. It cannot be based on how much money you're earning. It cannot be based on how much degrees you have accumulated behind your name. Your primary identity has to be about the fact that there was somebody who actually gave birth to you and cared for you, nurtured you, and brought you through every seasons of life. Even your pastors and leaders and churches, all of them have been in your life for a particular season. But there was somebody who knew you even before you were conceived in your mother's womb. There was somebody who planned for your salvation. There was somebody who made sure to organize for people to come and lay hands on you so you can receive the Holy Spirit. And that is the person that we are talking about. And this is his complaint. He says, hey, guess what? I desire to have a relationship with you. I desire to have an intimate knowing of who you are and you having an intimate knowing of who I am in your life. And yet, look at this, look at this, look at what's happening to us. Even a knots is better than you because a knots 
understands and knows its owner. An ots is an animal that we wouldn't think has great amount of intelligence or great amount of creativity. We wouldn't call an ots the smartest animal. We wouldn't call an ots the the most uh, wittiest of beings. You know, we would not call an ots anything attractive or glamorous or glorious. But here is God comparing the nation of Israel to an ots and says, "Hey, guess what?" An odds is better than you because the odds understands its owner. An odds knows who its owner is. The second thing that God is comparing the nation to is the donkey. And he says, a donkey, it recognizes its master's care. Wow. A donkey understands how much his master has cared for him. A donkey understands how much his master has worked for him. to make sure that the donkey is fed and taken care of now honestly speaking masters are not extremely careful to take care of their donkeys it's a donkey after all a donkey is a donkey and and you don't have to take extra care to feed and take care of your donkey the donkey will manage itself you know it, it's not a lot of work required to maintain a donkey and yet that little work that the master put in to take care of this donkey the donkey is able to acknowledge the donkey is able to understand it the donkey is able to identify it and then god looks at the people of israel and says guess what you're worse than this donkey because the master of this donkey doesn't do much for this donkey and yet the little that he does he recognizes look at you look at how i have given birth to you look at how i have cared for you look at how i have raised you up look at how i have protected and fought for you and yet you do not understand your value you do not understand my presence in your life you do not understand who i am to you you do not acknowledge it it's not that we don't have the knowledge in our head we all have that knowledge in our head where we believe that god is god he saved us from sins that he is our savior that he is everything he is master he is ruler he is lord we have that knowledge in our head but the problem that god has with us is that we are not acknowledging that with our lifestyles it says but israel doesn't know its master how can that be see jesus said something very similar he said on the last day many will come to me and say that we healed people in your name we cast out demons in your name and we preach the gospel in your name we fed the poor in your name we did so many good things in your name how can god look at them and say wait but i don't know you and look at this god says israel is worse than a nods and israel is worse than a donkey because they don't know me they may know my name they may know the power that is available for them if they confess my name they may know the power of salvation or understand how the scriptures and the principles in the scriptures work but they fail to know me as i am the second statement is my people don't recognize my care for them now is that our state my dear leader let me ask you is that our state are we in a place where we want to be ferocious leaders we want to be people that make an impact in our world around us and yet we don't recognize or we don't celebrate 
or we are not excited about this person who is our master, who is our Lord, who is our creator, who is our boss. In fact, you know, if you are an employer and you are a boss to many, will you remember this fact that as much as you are a boss to some people, you also have a boss over you. If you're a pastor and you pastor a church of a uh, hundred or thousand or tens of thousands of people, it doesn't matter how big your church or how small your church is. If you're a pastor over a congregation, why don't you remember that there is a pastor above you? There is a shepherd above you. There's somebody who is placed by God above you. And that is Jesus. Jesus is your chief shepherd. You know, whoever, wherever in life we are at, can we learn to recognize? You know, in a marriage, you know, God said it like this in the book of First Corinthians. He said, you know what? A wife's head is the husband. The husband is the legal head in the house. However, it doesn't finish with that. The husband's head is Christ Jesus. See, the problem with so many of us is that we finish our statements by saying that I am the head of the house. So everybody has to listen to what I have to say and how I want to run this house. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the husband is the head of the house only to the extent that the Christ is the head of the husband. See, you can exercise authority in your house as the head of the house if you're willing to let Christ be your head. And that is the place where we miss out on recognizing and acknowledging and identifying and celebrating our leader. The Lord is your leader. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord wants to be your shepherd. Will you allow him to be your leader? Will you allow him to be in that place of authority over your life? And what are the signs of the fact that the Lord is your leader, is that you would be willing to let go of everything else. You would be willing to live your life completely at His desire, in the way that He wants you to live, in the way that He desires for you to do things. And I like this amazing scripture in the book of Exodus chapter 21, verse 5. This is talking about a slave in the Old Testament. When the slave is freed, the slave has the option to leave everything and go away. But the slave says in Exodus 21 verse 5, guess what? I have served this master for a long time and I know that this master is very good. I know that this master has been a blessing to me. He has given me a wife. He has given me children through this wife. And he has he's really blessed me with physical possessions and with his kindness and love towards me. So I am going to choose to be his servant for the rest of my life because I love my master and my wife and my children. I don't want to go free. I don't want to go and live my own life. It's the same thing in the New Testament, guys. You know, we are not now obligated to live for God. The Lord has given us the freedom. He said, hey, I am letting you go free. I have freed you from the bondage of sin. I have freed you from the bondage of this world. Now you can live however you want to live. It is our choice to use that freedom to want to serve this master who is loving and kind and gentle, or it is our choice to run away from this master. What would you choose to do? 
Are you willing to be led by your master? Sometimes it may look like you're being stupid, like a knots, just following the direction of a farmer. Sometimes you may look like you're stupid, like a donkey, where you don't have a mind of your own. You're just led by wherever the master is going. You're just following wherever the master goes. But I'm telling you, that's the most intelligent thing you can do in your walk with God. The most beautiful thing that you can do in your relationship with God is to trust him and let him be your leader. Now, here are a few things that I would put as measurements over your life to say if you have a leader or not. It's very easy to acknowledge it in our head saying, I am under leadership. I am under God's leadership that God is my creator. He's my master. It's very easy to just verbally acknowledge it. But here are a few parameters that I have uh, written down that I could share with you for this morning so that you can go back and check your own life and see if that is true about you, if you are truly being led in each and every one of these areas. The first thing is this. If you have a leader, are you being led or are you leading yourself? Is there constant change of direction in your life? Is there constant perspective to where you are going? Are you just going where you want to go or are you going where the Lord wants you to go? Are you really being led? Is your life purposeless? Is your life directionless? Or is your life lived on intention and on aim? And not just filled with ambitions and dreams and desires that you've received from your parents or from your spiritual idols sometimes and, and from all the ministries that you have followed and you want to be like that and you want to do this and you want to go there and all of that. Not that. Are you truly being led by God-birth, God-given, God-imparted dreams in your spirit? Do you have a direction in your life? Is the Lord leading you? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, As many as of you who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There are many of us who are not led by the Spirit of God. And we cannot claim to be the sons of God. If we have to claim to be children of God, if we have to claim to be people that have a relationship with God, then we need to be led by God. We need to be led by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you is this. Are you led on a daily basis? When you wake up in the morning, do you allow the Lord to lead you? Do you allow the Lord to redirect you? The second question that I'm going to ask you is this. Are you being fed? Are you being fed by your shepherd? Are you fed spiritually and emotionally and physically by your shepherd? See, whoever feeds you will ultimately own you. If you're being fed by emphasis, if you're being fed by reliance, if you're being fed by whichever company you work for or whichever church you work for, whoever feeds you will ultimately begin to own you, right? You know, in the case of this donkey that we read about in Isaiah chapter 1, the one reason why he acknowledges his master's care is because his master gives him food. And because he sees that this is the person that gives me food, his allegiance, his loyalty is towards this master. And so my question to you is this, are you being fed by the Lord? Is your emotional tank being 
refilled by God or is it being refilled by the people that you're surrounded with? If not, can you come to a place where you allow the Lord to feed you? Allow the Lord to take care of you. You know, it's not that God doesn't want to. It's that we have so many sources around us that are feeding us emotionally, even spiritually, you know, even spiritually. I'm not saying you should not listen to sermons online. I'm not saying that you should not uh, listen to other worship songs or any of that. That'll be very weird if I tell you to do that because I listen to a lot of sermons and I myself enjoy worship songs and all of those things. And yet it will be sad if we replace God in our life with sermons, with other people, what people tell us. Are you being fed by the Lord directly, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in every area of your life? Is the Lord the one who is feeding you? That's the second question. The third question is this. Hmm, interesting. It says, are you being molded? Is the Lord working on your life like a potter works on the pot? You know, the Lord showed an example uh, of this to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 18. He said, hey, this is the way that I deal with the nation of Israel. I am like a potter and I'm molding the pot constantly. And sometimes it does resist and I have to break it and redo the whole thing. But I am molding the pot. So in other words, when the Lord is molding the pot, there may be times and seasons in your life where the Lord will just change your personality. The Lord will change how you feel about things. The Lord will just remove some desires from your life. Are you letting the Lord mold you? Is he leading you even in this area of your life? Is the Lord being able to mold you? If he's not, then can you ask the Lord, to be your leader even in this one area and ask the Lord say God I want you to mold me I want you to work on every aspect of my life like a potter works on the pot why don't you work on my life why don't you mold me the fourth question that I will bring to you is this are you being taught there's a big difference being between being fed and being taught being fed is your basic spiritual sustenance. Without food, you cannot be alive. But it is not enough that we eat just enough to be alive. That's what many of us do. We read the Bible just enough to be alive. We read the Bible just enough to breathe for another day. Uh, but this season, we have to ask the Lord to be our teacher. If he is your leader, then you have to allow him to also teach you. You have to allow him to also uh, give you information that is above and beyond what you need for life on the earth. You know, not every food that you eat is so that you can remain alive. Some food you eat so that you can enjoy it, so you can have that pleasure of that ice cream or you can have the pleasure of eating that particular meal and you eat it just for your taste buds to enjoy it. That's it, nothing. That, that may not necessarily be so that you can just remain alive. It is above and beyond your basic need. So are you allowing the Lord to teach you? This would require a lot of personal time from you. 
where you have to let go of other priorities and sit at the feet of Jesus, just not just asking him to mold you, but in this season, you're just asking him to teach you, give you new information, give you new revelations, give you new understanding of how he is, who he is, how he works in our lives. And let him give you an insight that is completely different and greater than what you have received till now. The next question that I'm going to ask you is more important. Are you being corrected? Are you being corrected by your leader? You cannot call God as your leader if he's not correcting you, if he's not rebuking you, if he is not sharply, bluntly, to the point, on point, he is not shaping your wrong thoughts and wrong perspectives, your sinful actions, if the voice that you hear from the Lord, if the Bible that you read is not correcting you, then there's a huge problem. There is a filter there which is stopping you from receiving from the Lord. You have to ask the question, is the Lord my leader? If he is, then is he correcting me? When was the last time that I received a correction from the Lord? Not from my pastor, not from the people around me, but directly from the Lord. When was the last time that I received a correction from the Lord? Is the Lord really your leader? Then you have to walk in a place of understanding and acknowledging and accepting correction from God himself in a regular basis. And the last question that I have for you this morning is this. Are you being matured? One of the best signs of maturity is the fact that your life will begin to resemble the life of Jesus. Your life will begin to exemplify the fruit of the Holy Spirit, where there will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Not, not just love or not just faithfulness, not only patience, but amidst of all of this. Some people have a lot of love but have no peace in their hearts. Some people have a lot of joy but again no love for people around them. Some people have a lot of patience but no self-control. You know some people have a lot of goodness in them but no love. But can you reach a place where you have been matured? The Bible says that God is constantly continually maturing us to reach the standard of Christ who is the head of the church. Our ultimate goal is to become like Jesus, who is the head of the church. That is our standard of maturity. Jesus is our standard of maturity. So if you are becoming more and more like Jesus, then you are being matured by the Lord. You are being matured by the Lord. Now, these are the six questions. Let me just repeat them again. Are you being led? Are you being fed? Are you being molded? Are you being taught? Are you being corrected and are you being matured? If you have the answer to all of this as yes, yes, God is the one leading me, feeding me, molding me, teaching me, correcting me and maturing me, then yes, God is your leader. That's amazing. Now, you have to learn to acknowledge, celebrate and, and be thankful about that. And the more you're thankful about it, the more you will receive these things from the Lord. Father, Thank you so much for allowing us to have this conversation this morning. And I speak into the hearts and the minds of every son and daughter of yours that I'm speaking to this morning through this podcast. I pray that there will be constant leading, feeding, molding, teaching, correcting, and maturing 
that will happen in their lives because you are their leader. I pray that Isaiah 1 verse 2 and 3 will not be said about any of us. That we will be better than the odds. We will be better than Israel. We will be better than that donkey. We will be sons and daughters that acknowledge who our master, who our father, who our creator and Lord and leader really is. Because it's only to the extent that we are being led that we can lead this generation. So equip our hands and our feet to do your will in our lifetime. We give you all praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you are blessed by this morning's talk, make sure to share this with one of your friends who may need this and have to be blessed by this. And also, don't forget to do this. Please pray for us. Please pray for what God is doing in this place and through this podcast. And if you're led to just keep a certain amount every month to bless and help what God is doing through our ministry, then please do that. You can do that on our website, pastorpreji.com. Because we really want to take this message to more people, to more nations, to more churches and more leaders who can be equipped and empowered uh, to do the will of God. So if you would like to partner with us, please join us. You can do that on our website. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. I will talk to you very soon next month.